Hey Siri, will you be my Valentine? Thank you for asking, Chelsea, but I don't really date. This is Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this is our podcast, Hashtag Life Goals. If you ever mention Darth Vader or like a lover of Darth Vader, 61% more for uh, messages. Each week we examine one of our life goals and figure out what steps we need to take to make them a reality. I always console myself by going like, well, it'll be on my first marriage. They'll be on their second divorce. So come join us. It's going to be fun. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Hashtag Hashtag Life Goals. Goals. I'm Amy Covell. And I'm Chelsea Wingo. And it is now episode four. But more importantly, it is February, the month of love and heartbreak. So it's going to be fun this month. (laughs) Yeah, all of our episodes this month are going to focus on dating and relationships and our core relationship goals, starting with hashtag can't Can't get get a a date. date. It's very true. If you don't believe us, neither of us, we don't date. We don't date very often. And you should see Chelsea right now. She's already turning crimson. It's a really good thing this is not a video cast. Otherwise, my head will be in my hands covering my eyes. I'm just like, nope, nope, don't don't look at me. This is a very uncomfortable topic for Chelsea, but you know what? That's okay. We've brought a guest who's going to help us out with it today. Um, We'll be introducing her in a few minutes. Yes, we will. She's a good friend of ours, and she, from my understanding, dates a lot. So she's well-versed. In this area, which right. I'm not per right. se, it should have it should create a nice healthy balance between the old and jaded, which is me, the young and nuanced, which is Chelsea, and our nice, fully active dating millennial, which is our guest today. Yes, but first, a little recap: how you have you been? What's new? Anything exciting to share? Or no? Well, we just passed the end of January, so I just wrapped up all of the information tax filings I was doing. So this last week has been chaos and insane because no matter how prepared I am, that does not mean my clients are prepared. Yeah. And it was definitely all the way down to the to the wire on getting those last W-9s from them so I could finish their taxes. Yeah, I was literally uh, reaching out almost every day, um, you know, to ask her some questions. But she just went dead silent. I was like, Amy, you doing okay? Nothing. Amy, you doing all right? I'm here for you if you need me. Nothing. Yeah, I was radio silence. I didn't have time for anybody or anything other than taxes. So I was just very relieved when I was like, okay, she's good. She's yeah, I fine. reached out to her on Friday morning. I'm like, hey, how's it going? And she's <laughs> like, oh my God, you're alive. And finally, we could discuss about what we're going to talk about on our podcast. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's Saturday and here we are and we're on the podcast. Woo-hoo! So that's what has been going on for me the last week. What have you been up to, Chelsea? Some shenanigans have happened per se. Um, a pipe burst in my apartment. <gasps> yes, so water was leaking. I literally left probably around like 10.59 for an appointment. Totally fine. When I got back at 11.30, water had flooded to the front hall and had leaked all the way into my brother's bathroom. And it was about like an inch or two of water there. And literally all the towels I threw down did not stop it or yeah, it wasn't enough. Mess. You needed a mop and a bucket. Yeah, I literally ran all the way back to the leasing office being like, water leak, piping, help. And then ran back and then you had to wait. You know you could have called. N- no, they don't. It takes, because it takes you through the 
uh, if you need to do rent, press one. If you are a new oh. resident, press yes. So it was much for me. It was logically much easier to run over and let them know so that someone could get on the case. And then yeah. I still had to wait another ten or fifteen minutes for somebody to come and shut all the water off, so that way they can at least do a temporary system before they actually came on Saturday at like three p.m. to spend another four or five hours setting up the whole plumbing system. And it was just so yeah, I was confined to my apartment for a couple of day, days, guys. Oh. <laughs> Well, at least you probably got a lot of work done since you were stuck at home. I actually did. I did get a lot of work done. Uh, did you prevent overstimulation? 50-50, I will say. Because there were tactics that uh, worked for me that I was trying um, a little bit more. With um, I've actually tried to incorporate listening to more um, study focus and peaceful music when I work rather than you know my iTunes or maybe a YouTube clip of something I've watched before. So I've been listening to actually um, video game uh, theme music. So I've been listening okay. to that as a way to kind of focus. And you know, kind one of, of my favorite artists does video game theme music. Really? Lindsey Sterling. <gasps> yes, I love Lindsey Sterling. She's great. She's yeah. fabulous. Yeah, a producer I work with, he and I have this, uh, have this like dream, like career goal dream of shooting one of her music videos. That would be fabulous. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. So Lindsay, if you're listening, yes. um, please contact Brian at Digital Paradigm. We'd love to work with you. Okay. All right. So is there any new life goal related stuff for you or just kind of changing your ways around the overstimulation? Just changing around my ways of the overstimulation. I actually also am, um, I have an aerial show that's coming up Mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks. So I haven't been doing aerial dance for the last month or so. So yesterday was the first day that I got back into doing it. And of course, when I did it, I ended up giving myself an injury. Um, I have a big cut all around my um, middle right finger. And the reason is because I was, um, I, it was a mixture of sliding on the silks that I was holding on to. And then also um, I had a lot of firm grip on me. So I ended up giving myself a really big cut uh, while I was doing silk. So then I had to bandage it up. Yeah, it looks, it's like road rash. On exactly. It took out a couple layers of skin. <laughs> and it was during a routine that I was trying to practice for the showcase. Mm-hmm. And I noticed I was like, oh, well, I can't do the routine now. I got to take care of this. So yeah. that was fun. And now I'm just so sore all over my body, uh, my arms, my legs, my knees, my back more as well. So Yeah, because you're working different muscles than you have been the last few weeks when you've been focusing on kickboxing. On boxing, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's- same for me. I've been trying to change some of my overstimulation habits. Definitely after our discussion last week, I noticed that when I am spending time in my bed playing games on my phone, I started to notice the agitation. Yep. Or I'd tell myself, oh, after I win this game, I'm going to put it down. And then I would win it and start another game right away. And I didn't feel any better for having won the game. Mm -hmm. So I did find that most of the week, I started putting down my phone and going to bed about an hour earlier. Nice. Yeah. um, I've been changing up what I listen to at night a little bit. So usually I put on a white noise machine for 45 minutes of um, ocean waves crashing and I can usually fall asleep pretty quickly. But this week, since I was deciding to put down my phone earlier, Mm -hmm. my brain wasn't quite ready for sleep. So I started listening to adult bedtime stories. Mm -hmm. So I listened to, I went to one podcast where he reads books And I picked books that I had already read before. 
so then I wouldn't be so involved that I couldn't fall asleep. So I was listening uh, to some HP Lovecraft stories a few of the nights. Um, And then there's another podcast that is, it's like stories where nothing much happens. Mm -hmm. And the woman has just such a calm and soothing voice. And she tells like a little you know, no nothing story where nothing much happens, but it'll be about like walking through the woods and like thinking about your day. And she tells it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that those help too. So I don't know which is going to become more my regular if I'm going to be starting to lean more on these adult bedtime stories or if I'm going to go back to my ocean waves. I think as I get used to putting my phone down earlier every night, I will be able to switch back to my ocean waves, which put me to sleep in about 10 minutes. Nice. Yeah. That sounds like such an interesting job to just have a nice calming voice, tell a nice bedtime story to adults all around the world. It's like everyone's their kid. Okay. I'm stopping there. I'm (laughs) (laughs) You're getting getting the idea though. I'm getting the idea though. Yeah. Um, I definitely didn't watch as much television this week. Mm -hmm. Um, I was playing more music while I was working on taxes. And when I did watch television, I tended to go more towards the documentary side. Nice. Like I watched uh, both of the documentaries on the Fire Festival this week. And I started watching CNN's The 90s show because it's all on Netflix now. And so I'm Mm -hmm. about five episodes into the 90s. Nice. I really want to get into the document series of... What's the name of the serial killer that's on Netflix right now? Ted, Ted Bundy. Uh, Bundy. Yeah, I want to watch that before the Zac Efron and Lily Collins movie comes out later on. Oh, Zac I didn't know there was a movie coming out. Yep. Zac yeah, Efron's- the Ted Bundy documentary series is definitely on my to-watch list. Yeah, and then in the movie, Zac Efron plays that serial killer. And that trailer just... Oh, boy. It'll- I haven't seen the trailer. You'll have to send it to me. I will have to send it to you, yes. Okay, so we've covered... What we've been up to, how we're doing on our overstimulation. Mm-hmm. And now this week, it's time to talk about can't get a date. Which I'm halfway fine with, but at the same time, I know that I don't want to be old and lonely for the rest of my life. So, <laughs> Well, let's dive in. Let's mm-hmm. start with the research, Chelsea. Yes. What did you find on this topic? What does the dating landscape look like right now? My brain just feels like it's been overflowed with so much that I was finding online. So I'll try to break it down bit by bit as best as I can. So one of the first articles that I came across was on eHarmony. This was a um, article about a top online dating statistics that you should know about in the U.S. And it was based on a 2018 brand amplitude survey of about 1,600 Americans. So one of the um, interesting ones that I found is that 40% of Americans use online dating. So that would be estimated to about like 40 million is what they would say, is what they were saying. And around 2018. That's a lot of people. That's that's about half of adults. Yeah. Almost half of adults are online dating. Exactly. And then for 2018, there were 27% young adults using online dating versus in 2013, it was 17%. So there's that 10% jump. And most likely the influence was from social media and dating apps. Well, that makes sense because it used to be that you had to go online to use the websites like eHarmony and OkCupid to Mm -hmm. build your profile and go through your messages. But now those platforms have their own apps. And then we have apps like Tinder, Bundle, Grindr, Thrinder, 
bagel meets coffee. Coffee meets bagel. Coffee meets bagel. <laughs> I don't use dating apps and I know that one. <laughs> and it, it is a lot easier if it's just on your phone because that means you don't have to just do it at the end of the night when you get home on your computer or you don't have to worry about getting caught at work doing it on your mm-hmm. computer. Yeah. You can do it anytime from your phone. It's not extra work. It's right there at your fingertips. Again, yeah. some, again, showcasing how internet is the best and worst invention in the world with how convenient that it is. Yeah. All right. The next one is that um, age can impact finding a relationship. This was an interesting one. Uh, it, it said uh, for women, online dating statistics showed that women desirability uh, online peaked at around 21, but it's at age 26 that women have more online pursuers than men as compared to men it's when they're 48 is when they have twice as many online pursuers as women. Which- yeah. I mean, it's not it's not a secret that no. women mature faster than men. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, is that the 26-year-old boys you're going to see on the internet dating, they're not necessarily going to be ready to be husband material. No. And if you're at the point where you're looking for online dating to find that one relationship, you're going to reach out to the guys who look like they've already got a secure career. They already really know who they are. They've sowed their wild oats. So you're going to skew towards that older range. Mm -hmm. Now that once women are about 26 and they start having so many pursuers, that will get into some of the issues that I had with online dating. Mm -hmm. Um, When we get to that point, that was one of my problems on there. Uh, Yeah. I I remember just having a Tinder once in college and I was just overwhelmed by how many, one, matches I made, and then two, guys that tried to reach out, but obviously not matching-matching, but other fun stuff, let's say. Guys know it's a numbers game, and so they will seriously, like, swipe to to almost every girl or send out a million messages because they know if they send out 100 messages, at least one girl's going to respond. Yep. All right, this next one. This is one of my big reasons why I don't online date. 53% of people lie on their dating profile. 53%. And the things that they're lying about, their age, height and weight, and job income. So you literally can put whatever that you want on there and you can play it off. The internet is not truth. No, it's not. Again, why I have so much stigma about it. Um... Related to this, uh, Opinion Matters, which is a global research agency, uh, dug a little deeper and they found that 20% of women that they surveyed admitted to using a photo of themselves when they were younger and thinner. And then more than 40% of men lied about their jobs in an effort to sound more successful and more appealing in the dating. Yeah, because we were just talking about how the reason that women tend to look for guys who are a little bit older is for that security to know that the guy has got his career on the way. And if guy doesn't have his career underway, what better way to fake it till you make it than to lie on your dating profile? And women lying about, you know, their height, weight, or showing pictures of them younger and thinner. I mean, we've done that for ages. Just look at everyone's driver's license. My driver's license definitely says I weigh about 15 pounds less than I do. I know it's it's sort of sad that because I because I do it too a little bit with kind of like oh I'm probably this weight or this height when I don't know exactly what it is but at the same time it's just it's so easy to kind of manipulate that this is why I like face to face interaction better because you can just tell right away 
mm-hmm. when you're talking with the person and then you can get everything at the table out there. When it's online, you have what's given to you, you interpret that, you think that's the truth. And then when it comes out to be a lie, I kind of feel more betrayed if that makes any sense. So Right, right. Next one, location matters. Where you live depends on the dating pool because certain areas have more active users than others. I believe this 110%. Oh, well, it um, just makes sense just statistics-wise. The bigger the pool of people, the more likelihood of a larger active dating pool. Exactly. In a, in a 50% of New York State residents are single, and that city alone has the most amount of users on eHarmony. As compared to uh, Idaho, where 60% of the population is already married. So that's definitely low for eHarmony. All right, this next one was a little endearing. 20% of current committed relationships begin online. Though eHarmony says that about 63% of married couples said that they met their partner through a friend, which is the best way to meet. However, there's only like a 17% chance of actually liking the person. You're okay, so you got to meet a lot of your friend's friends. Exactly. Still, that's like three out of five married couples you know, met through friends, whereas only one out of five relationships meet online. Yeah. And then from that, only 9% of women have found a relationship from being at a club or a bar versus 2% with men. So that's, that's so strange. I know, right? You think it'd be the other way around. go to meet girls and guys, guess what? It ain't working. So yeah. just go drink with your buddies. Don't even try to meet girls because it'll be a waste of your time. 2% is, is not worth uh, breaking up the wolf pack for the night. <laughs> but yeah, um, 20% of relationships began online and in 2015, about 7% of marriages were started from a dating site. So Okay, 7%. I'm still, I'm seeing a trend though, that even though half of America is dating online, we should really just be spending more time with our friends and meeting their friends. Exactly. Uh, the next one just verifies my pessimism for online dating. 48% of online relationships end through email. So it's like a electronic Dear John, <laughs> but probably more, I don't want to say sarcastic, but probably just more to the point and just it's not working, get it over with. But they did say in the article, if you're someone that's socially awkward and don't like meeting other people, this is convenient for you. So right. I don't know how to take and that, if you're actually. starting a relationship online, why wouldn't you just end it online? That is true. But the fact that they said socially awkward and like don't like meeting people, I don't really know how to take that. Is that, are you trying to do me a favor by saying that? Or is it just... It's just pointing out that that's what you're naturally going to do. If mm-hmm. you're prioritizing dating online even though it has less of a success rate than meeting people through friends, mm-hmm. you know, that suggests yeah. a level of so of social awkwardness. Even if you're not socially awkward, it might make things like having to deal with a breakup awkward. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to go for that easy out, which is the email. Yeah. And this last point to wrap it all up, common interests, And looks are the most important factor when doing online dating. Uh, For online, about 64% said they're looking for someone that have similar interests that they have. And then about 49% saying they're looking for the physical characteristics that are attractive to them. So (laughs) it's sort of like half and half. Well, not, well, I mean... All right, so looks are slightly less as they're important slightly, as having similar interests. Yeah, they're slightly less important, but it's still considerably high. Like, Well, yeah, I mean, when you're online dating, 
you're not interacting with them. You're just looking at pictures. So what are you supposed to react to? Exactly. First thing you're going to react to is how attractive you think they are. Yeah, and what they post, which could be a lie. Let's move on. Let's move on to a um, a much more nicer article that I particularly liked. It was from Bustle, uh, written in uh, January of last year. And it was talking about the most popular ways that people are meeting their significant other. And they were saying that, yes, online dating is becoming more and more popular. However, it's still not the top spot. It doesn't take the top spot of how people are meeting their partners. Okay. Real life meetups are preferred over online dating. Okay. So that fits in with the other research that you read. Exactly. And that makes me feel very wonderful that maybe there is hope of meeting someone in real life. <laughs> um, th- these were a couple of quotes uh, that were um, attached to the article. Uh, one is from Thomas Edwards, who is the founder of the Professional Wingman. I've heard of him. <laughs> you have, actually. I have. I've heard some interviews with him because I listened to another podcast um, a lot called The Great Love Debate, and he's been on there. Oh. So The Great Love Debate with Brian Howie. It's an amazing podcast. You should listen to it. It's on my list. It's actually on my list. So That's I'll, right, because I think I've told you. Yeah, you told me about it. So, it. <laughs> so now, now that I know that, okay, then I'll give it a listen. One of the things that he says is that there's no better way to gauge attraction and chemistry than to be physically present with someone, which I totally support with that. Because as I was saying earlier, when you meet someone, if you're very good on like picking up their tells and their signs, you can tell who they are kind of first impression. Right. And that's one of the hard things about online dating. It's Mm -hmm. like you can like things in black and white that are on their profile, but you still don't know how you're going to feel about this person when you meet them when you meet them in real life. Exactly. It just kind of feels like, I don't want to say this. It feels like just like an AI or a computer talking to you and it's just spitting out words that's being typed by someone else. It's not actually them. We start to put our perceptions on what they're like. And imagine what they'll sound like or, you know, we and inter- they're going to be different when you meet them Yeah, we input our own fantasies up to what's provided for us and then... And then they're not going to meet up to that because yeah. how can they? Mm-hmm. They're, they're their own person and we have already built them up to be something that they're not. Yeah, no, exactly. And then Clarissa Silva, who is a behavioral scientist and an author of the relationship blog, You're Just a Dumbass, which I... I laughed at that. I think that's hilarious. She says in regards to helping with the dating game, if you're feeling very tired and just very drained, you need to diversify your dating approach and don't just rely on the typical trend or the typical dating course that you need to go through. So don't just online date, but also mix and match that with doing group activities or meeting people through friends. Yeah, basically, because she was saying that if you keep on doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to get dating fatigue very quickly and you'll just get very drained. You'll get bored. You'll get... (laughs) Amy's looking over at our guests and just like, so you know. (laughs) This is something that she and I have discussed previously. Ah, fabulous. The dating fatigue. But yeah, basically just mix it up so that way maybe a little bit of this and a little bit of that so that way it'll be new and interesting maybe every single time, but it always won't get boring to you. All right, that being said, uh, these are the top five percentages regarding of where people have met their real life partner based on Bustle. 39% through friends. So that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty common, which totally see. Uh, 15% is at work, which I you spend like 40 yeah. hours or plus a week at work. That's where – those are the people you spend a lot of your time with. Yeah. I will admit that I've had a crush or two on some people that I've worked with. And no, it did not pan out if you're curious, but you definitely can develop some crushes and, you know, some feelings toward those people. 
12% is at bars and other public areas. So that still is true, though me personally... I would love it not to be because of my APD and that whole situation. I would just not right, be able to. It's not the best place for you to no. get to know somebody. No. Maybe for you. Maybe for you. But. Yeah, I've definitely met a lot of people yep, at bars and clubs and gone out with dates with them or dated them for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, 9% at a sport, religion, or hobby event. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because of shared interests. And so if you're with someone that has the same interest, be like, oh, okay, maybe we could talk a little about this. Right, right. It's that idea that what we look for are people who share our interests. And so that whether that's interests in the same sports team or having – usually if you run into somebody at a religious event, that means you guys have the same values. What about those that are spiritual but don't really have a religion? Well, then I wouldn't recommend you go to church to try to meet somebody. Yeah. But you can still find somebody that shares the same values as you. Yeah. No, I'm asking for me. I'm not trying to shame anybody, but it's for me because I, I, you know, I grew up a Christian and grew up in church, but I'm just not a, I'm just not very religious. I'm more spiritual. So I wonder if sometimes that puts a damper on my dating game if I ever consider it because I'm not one or the other. I'm sort of blended. There are plenty of people that are like that these days. So... I mean, it's just about being open and honest with your partner mm-hmm. and being respectful of each other's beliefs. And then you can figure out if you're, if you're, even if your beliefs don't um, run parallel, do your values run parallel? Mm-hmm. And then the final one, 8% is on internet and dating apps. So as you see, internet and dating online is just, it's still there. It's still, it's still there. there, but it is still the lowest common denominator. It is, though. Why are we all spending time? Why are fifty yeah. percent of forty percent of Americans online dating then? If it has the lowest success rate out of some of these other methods, I know. I mean, I would like. I think now more than ever, I hear a lot of my friends or workers talk about people that they've met online or through dating apps or whatnot. Like it seems to be a constant topic conversation yet the statistics prove that it's like still not the most effective way to it, it, for me personally it's to me it seems like it's not the most effective way to meet a partner maybe meet other people and can talk to them yes but in terms of a partner I, I could be biased and I apologize for anybody that has found their partner through online dating I'm not good for you yeah good for you good for you that's just you're beating the odds exactly love it. that that deserves applause for sure it's just this is just me this is just us we're just reading off statistics, so no shame to them whatsoever. We just want to let you know, if you did find your partner online, fantastic. All right, so the next piece of information. So we know all about kind of like today and kind of what's going on there. So I went a little bit deeper to try and see dating statistics like five like five years ago, like around like 2010. Right, let's see how the trends have changed. Yeah, so this one was from Pew Research Center, and this was um, – Back, it's not exactly 2010, but it was. This was a study that was in October 21st, 2013, and it talked about how 11% of American adults, 38% of them that were looking for a partner, have used online dating sites and mobile dating apps. So only 11% five years ago were online dating, and now we're at 40%. So that's a 29% jump. Jeez, I know, gotta, right? It's got to be the more user-friendly apps that have created that huge jump. Yeah, no. And then the whole like Instagram or Twitter, you can slide into their messages and be able to easily connect to people that way as well. Sounds so dirty. I know. I know. Hearing slide into DMs of just like, because there are times when I will 
Like there are some people that I follow and then I will just want to send them a message like, I love what you're doing. I think you're doing a great job. Keep at it. And then I've gotten some messages back from them and they're very nice and sweet, but I'm not sliding into their DMs for like a hookup. Slide like, into dick messages. I was not going to go there, but you went there. Oh boy. Okay. That's all I hear when I hear slide into DMs. That's why I don't say slide into DMs. I just said, I just send them a message through Instagram, that kind of thing. So yeah, I just send like nice messages. I'm not looking to hook up or someone. So, okay. Moving on for that for the remainder of the research for P research center. Um, so online dating was most common between mid twenties to mid forties. Still about the same. That's a pretty big age group. Okay. Yeah. I think it's still the same as today a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, for more details, 22% between were between 25 to 34, and then 17% were between 35 to 44. So. Okay. So it skews a little younger, but that just makes sense with um, the technology that they have grown up with. Mm-hmm. The millennials are more likely to be utilizing apps than the baby boomers or the Gen Xers. Yeah, exactly. And then actually an interesting part I found in that article, it's uh, negative relationship experiences on social networking. So this research had a graph of the different age demographics regarding unfriending and blocking of someone that they felt uncomfortable, an ex, or untagging or deleting photos of an ex. So it was a very detailed graph of like four different age demographics. So this was interesting. All right. So what I found in that is that for the age group that was 18 to 29 was by far the highest out of all the groups. And then when you start getting older, like 30 to 49, there was at least a 10% drop. And how much they cared about blocking somebody or removing yeah, photos. Yeah, or, remo- or unblocking or removing, removing photos and that kind of – and then the lowest group, which was 65 and plus, was single digits. Yeah, they're on there to date. They don't have time to do all the blocking and removing. Exactly. But the young ones – I I can't believe I just said the young ones, but the youngsters, though, that group, they, the, the younger you are, apparently the more you care about. And that kind of leads back to some of the research that we had last week on hashtag overstimulation. Mm -hmm. All of our social media and all the time we spend in front of screens makes us more anxious. So that would make sense that the younger people who have spent more of their life on the internet, on social media, in front of multiple screens would feel more anxiety from say seeing pictures of their ex on their Facebook page Mm -hmm. or from getting uh, messages from somebody that made them feel uncomfortable that they would feel the need to have to block that person or to remove them from their site. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel bad saying this, but I've definitely had my fair share of times where there was somebody who tried to reach out to me, either Instagram or Facebook or some social networking site and they made me feel very, very uncomfortable with the messages that they were sending and what they were talking about that I had to block them. And I feel really bad because then I'm supporting that statistic, but at the same time... Right, I'm- right. But you don't have to go through that. So there's nothing necessarily wrong with it. It just shows that statistically, the younger you are, the more that that is likely to be a point of contention for you or something that makes you anxious. Yeah. For me... You know, I've been very involved in social media since it became a thing, Mm -hmm. and I have only ever blocked one person in the past 20 years that we've had social media, and that's my Mm ex-fiance. Yeah, and then with me, it's it's been a mixture of like either some 
people that aren't friends with me, but just like random requests and they want to be my friend and they try to reach out, be like, Hey, how are you? Or it's either like someone that either I somewhat know, but they like, and you still don't quite see how dating online might suggest social awkwardness in, you know, relationship situations. (laughs) I think you've made your point. Yeah. uh, You've made my point. Yeah. For me. Oh, okay. (laughs) This just shows how bad I am with online dating and the whole topic. Sorry, guys. I'm not an expert here. I'm quite a student. We brought someone who is an expert in our world when it comes to online dating. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Oh, before we get to that, can I mention some kind of cute little fun stuff that I saw regarding a statistic today regarding using certain words or phrases when introducing yourself? Okay. All right. This is an article from another dating website called Zeusk, and they were sharing some statistics uh, in 2018. And some of them regarded, you know, using certain words or phrases that could result into less or more messages that you'll get. Okay. So so everybody listen up. If you're online dating, these are your keywords. These are keywords. Okay. So if you use the word nerd, you will get 7% more messages as opposed to geek, which will be... 7% 7% less messages, which I I still don't understand the difference between nerd and geek. Aren't They're relatively um, the same thing. So I've always kind of explained it in the way like a nerd is somebody who is – see, it's, these statistics don't make sense to me though. Yeah. Because a nerd is typically somebody who is like book nerdy, yeah, yeah. like knows a lot of stuff, whereas a geek is usually somebody who is super into a particular piece of pop culture or technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that's interesting that a nerd would get more messages yeah. versus geek. You would think now in the rise of geek culture that it would mm-hmm. be the other way around. Exactly. It's just apparently it's just maybe it's like nerd sounds like sounds cooler as compared to geek. It's like ye. It's like the e like screeching of like a chalkboard sound. Yeah. It could so be like as simple as that. Could be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but if you use dork. 70% more messages, 74% more messages. Okay, so call yourself a dork. <laughs> Don't call yourself a geek. And then these were kind of funny. Um, if you ever mention Darth Vader or like a lover of Darth Vader, 61% more for uh, messages. Hey, Star Wars geeks. Oh, I'm sorry. Star Wars dorks. There's hope <laughs> for you. And then um, anybody really loved Voldemort in the series? If you mention that you are a Slytherin, you will get... 67% more messages. <laughs> That's because even when you're a dork, you still like the bad boy. I have to admit, I've had my fair share of having crushes on bad boys, more than I care to admit, but yeah. And then just for some fun regarding um, old fashioned and romantics, because people think that's like died so long ago. If you mention that you're like a hopeless romantic, you will net about 38% more messages. And then when you're old-fashioned, you get about 16% more. So it's like half, but it's still... It's still more messages. It's still more messages, and it's something that people Chivalry like. is not dead. Yeah. No, exactly. They love chivalry. Like, it's not dead yet. You think it is? It's not. So without further ado, let's bring on our guest, Chelsea. Yes, we have our very good friend, Leota. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> As you can tell, this is her first time doing this, so she's just oh so comfortable. But, <laughs> I mean, you were saying how you were nervous about doing this, but now you just are, you have this confidence. 
I just, um, I know a lot about dating. I do it a lot. It's, um, it's a regular part of my life. So yeah, I feel pretty confident on this topic. So you'll be the expert for helping. I don't want to say Amy because she'll be fine. It's more me. It's more me. Right. But I will need this, but. So some context, uh, Leota and I have known each other since college. Mm -hmm. Um, she is an actress, so keep your eye out for her on the silver screen and uh, she and Chelsea met through me a few years ago, mm-hmm. and for me, when we came up across this this topic of can't get a date, and we started talking about the internet dating landscape, I thought, what better person to bring on than my friend Leota, um, who serial dates on the regular, um, on the you know, on the interwebs, uh, on the interwebs. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like she's going to be a good balance between me, who's a little bit more old fashioned, and Chelsea, um, who's very scared of the dating landscape. Yes, I, I'm trying not to be as scared nowadays, but just I think I think I do. It's partially excuse, but at the same time, because of this, my schedule and everything, I just don't really focus on it. It's I feel like I'm one of those hopeless romantics that are like, when it comes my way, it will, and it'll be glorious, though. Mm, At the same time, mm. I don't want to be a princess waiting at the top of a tower for a prince to come save me, you know? I I schedule my life, like, in... I'm a little OCD about it, so when I do the serial dating thing, it's very... um, formulaic I have like a really like a whole yeah it's like a job I mean so (laughs) I I switched from tinder to bumble because I met my ex on tinder and I was like fuck that um (laughs) I actually do find that there was a difference in the quality of character of people I do think that the people I've met on bumble have all been like really nice and I would say there was a little bit more like um scumbaggery on tinder for lack of a better word um, agree with you but yeah so and also the thing about bumble is the women have to message first and there's like time increments that you have to follow so you match with someone you have 24 hours to send them a message and you have to send the message first as the woman okay which i like because if i messaged anyone on tinder it felt like they were like oh ew who is this girl who actually wants to date me you know that it's like this like they're, you're, they're now part of a club that they like don't want to be in because you want them to be in the club kind of bullshit. Um, so with Bumble, I have to message them. So that's not – there's not a stigma there. So I get to message them and then they have 24 hours to respond to that and then it's like an open dialogue. Okay. So I think that's helpful just for like giving people the structure – to like actually do the thing. Yeah. (laughs) When I was doing online dating, I was on OkCupid and that was one of the toughest things for me was the fact that I would get so many messages. Like at the end of the night, when I would go through my OkCupid, I would have 75 messages to read. And these weren't just like 75 swipes of people saying they like me. These were 75 actually written messages that I had to read and decide and then look at the person's profile and decide if I was going to message them back. And it was so overwhelming. That's insane. Yeah. It was super overwhelming because then by the time I'd even weeded it down to the ones that I might be interested in, I was already worn out and didn't even want to message any of them. (laughs) Yeah, no. So I'm, I'm very formulaic about it. So it's basically like I'll go, I would go through and I'll be like, okay, I have to match with at least three people tonight. That's my job tonight, you know? And then if, if I do end up matching with those people, um, then I'm like, okay, cool. Boom, boom, boom. Like message, message, message. And then honestly, I just say yes to whoever asks me out first. Like literally, really? I don't, um, I don't fuck with like messaging people back and forth a bunch. Um, okay. just because from my experience, I can have a really wonderful dialogue with someone, like a lot of great banter and like really like witty, like back and forth. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to love this person. And then in person, it's like, 
oh, you're the worst. Like, I don't like you at all. I have this like idea. And you guys were talking about this of like the idealized version that you have of someone in your head is going to be different than when you meet them Mm -hmm. in person. So in my experience, it's better to just like go meet them right away and see if you like them because then you have an idea of what they're like. Then your texting dialogue is somewhat meaningful because you like have an inside joke with them or something that you talked about. Whereas the the point blank bare minimum of not knowing this person at all Mm -hmm. and then being like, oh, this conversation's fun just because like this person is like smart and funny. It doesn't mean anything until you actually meet them. Yeah. So so sorry to interrupt. So it's basically you're using the dating apps or wherever you date one, I I love how you like formulate it as like it's a job. Like you, you, you corporate is part of your routine. I find I find that very intriguing. Like that's that's something I never really thought about. And then second, what I like is that you're using it as like a stepping stool. Like it's a way to yes meet people. But then you're like, okay, I match with you. I like you. Let's actually meet face to face. So it's like just a little bit. It's not like a ton of interaction. Or is it like is it like fifty fifty? Or I mean, it totally depends. I don't ever ask anyone out myself personally. Okay. Just the first, literally the first person that's like, hey, do you want to go do something that I can actually manage to make a plan with? Because, like, I have a busy schedule and so do other people. You know, the first person that I can actually find a time to meet up with, I'll do it. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, and the other thing, too, that I changed about um, recently my, my dating habits, I go in with zero, zero expectations. There, mm-hmm. it just, and that has so... It just has improved it so much because no matter what, people are exceeding my expectations. I mean, I do think the switch to Bumble But it always feels better than having them not meet your expectations. And that's something all my life that my mother said I have had a problem with is that I hold people up to very high expectations and I don't verbalize those expectations from them. So then they're not going to be able to reach it even if it was possible because they don't know about it. Yeah. You know, that being said, I'm not, I'm not lowering my standards whatsoever. If anything, my standards are higher. It's just for the first date going in with zero expectations helps to not get like beat down by like how hard it is to date. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? If I go into a date and I have zero expectations and like, I'm, I'm very extroverted. I find it very easy to talk to people. So no matter what, I'm not going to have a bad time on a date. I'm just like getting to know a person. And that's interesting to me. I'm an actor, I'm a writer. So none of these experiences are invalid for me to be having. And I think that's true for anyone. Like it's just a life experience that you're having. You're getting to know someone else's perspective. So I don't think that that's ever like not valuable as an experience. And that's just kind of the way that I've been thinking about it. It's like, well, sure I don't want to fuck this person but like they're they're cool they're interesting like oh you want to go to Italy and learn about olive oil like that's great good for you man I hope I never see you again (laughs) (laughs) so it's still just like getting the conversation and then when there's one that clicks it's like okay yeah and when there's one that clicks it's like great Mm -hmm. that's awesome but how do you get the courage to because as you mentioned you take this as your job you try to match up with three people a night and then each well I mean at roughly the, at the height of things at right the height now, of things I'm in like a lull right now where I'm like I'm kind of dating two people at the moment I'm not really on the app anymore okay um so it's like yeah it, that's just like when you're getting started it like you're right you guys were talking about how it's a numbers game for guys it's still a number game for girls too mm-hmm. like the, it's just about like boom 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 and I mean I had a week or two where I was like it was like three dates a week or something, and I was exhausted. Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, but I, I mean, I got through it, and I got through a lot of people. So, yeah, you know. I mean, it's just the – I think what's scary for me is like the kind of first step that this is an actual date. It's not like the conversations online with 
dating per se, but it's like more of like setting up to meet with that person and then like, oh, this is a date like that thought in my head just really freaks me out because I'm just like, well, and I there's think so many ways that can go with it. So. That's where you might want to think about it more as work. You know what I mean? Like I'm okay. <laughs> this is amazing. I'm making an appointment for my romantic life. You know what I mean? Okay. I don't know. It's just I think it really, really helps to be like at least for me, it helps to be organized and scheduled and stuff like that. Yeah. And and to also go like with the low expectations again. You're just kind of like cool. So I have work this day, and I have another thing I'm doing, and like I have an hour that I could get coffee with this rando. <laughs> you know, and then like make a plan for right after that, so you like have an easy out, and if you don't like him perfect yeah you know? no I, I'm more like I want when it comes to like work and stuff I do like to be organized and scheduled but definitely the fact when you said Ranjo just like set my hair sweat <laughs> standing up because I mean like a little bit of context as I've said on previous episodes uh I may not be much of a dater but I've had had experiences where I've been catcalled. I've been harassed in a way like I remember a couple times when I would go to the club with my friends with dancing. I don't do that often, but guy would just grab me and pull me by the waist, immediately start grinding with me as if it was okay. Like it was okay for them to do that. So it just, it just put a little bit more of a wall and like more distrust that way, which is on my end. But at the same time, it's like, see for me, I have a lot more of the anxiety on the online dating. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm fine with meeting people in person and with going to clubs and bars. I've had great success at that in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm totally good with the rando pulling me over to grind on me if I'm at a club. Like, that doesn't bother me at all. It's the online online random conversations with strangers that just like – like I said, if I got all those messages, it would fill me, fill me with such, such an anxiety just going through them. But even once I start getting into the conversation with them, the whole time I'm worrying about like, am I saying the right thing? Am I responding the right way? Whereas in person, I don't do that. I'm just myself. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to an extent online, I do have some of those thoughts in my head. But I think as we were talking about some of the research of how easy it is to block someone, if there's someone I don't like, or there's someone that's just not going the right way, I could just block them and kind of get them away. But definitely if when I have, when I did do Tinder, there would be times I get a lot of messages and would just be like, okay, this is a lot. And what they're phrasing is just, ugh. and then they just like immediately want to meet up afterwards, which would be one step. But at the same time with how they phrased it, mm-hmm. just like, what's going on in their mind? Uh, I have questions and I don't trust this. <laughs> yeah. I think for you, I would recommend if you're going to do it, an online dating app, don't do Tinder. It's got like a smutty no. vibe. It's, it's just, yeah, no, leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Then what what would you recommend if I Um, were to use online dating app, which I, okay, never mind. I was going to say, I am still a proponent for, for Bumble. Bumble? no, No one that I have met on Bumble has been like gross. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I hear pleasant things about Hinge and Coffee. Hinge? What Hinge? I don't even no. I don't yeah, I haven't heard of Hinge. Coffee Meets Bagel, I have heard. I've seen ads for that all over the place. I love that it's three sisters that did it and mm-hmm. that they pre-select five guys for you matching of what you want. But then I think the other thing is that um like what did you feel about the whole um so you talk to someone, you meet with someone. Yeah, it's a good thing that you're making that step to that. Oh, actually, meet with someone, see who that is. Mm-hmm. What if? What if you? What, have there been any instances where you've met someone after talking online that have quote unquote lied on their profile of? <laughs> I see the it's a smirk, the, your face. I'm just curious about that. If you met those that have like intentionally thoroughly or lied about um, who they I were, I did. I. 
I did date. Well, <clears throat> I'm actually still sort of dating this guy. Um, okay. He lied about his age. Okay. He said he was 34, but he's actually 38, turning 39. Okay. Um, which wasn't a big deal, and he told me about it. Um, like on the second date, he was like, by the way, like, actually I'm not 34. Like I put that on my dating profile because I felt a little self-conscious about it and then immediately like wanted to change it, but I did, I couldn't figure out how. And like, it was like Mm -hmm. a whole thing. And I was like, okay, I don't really care about that. Yeah. He looks great. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like whatever. It's not a big deal to me. Um, but yeah, I think it's not a great starter to be like, oh, like P.S., I'm lying about a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I think we can all relate to sort of this idea of like, you know, insecurities about yeah. ourselves. And especially when when you throw like dating into the into the pot, it's like you want people to see you as your best self and the way that you feel, you know. So I don't know. That was kind of like a smaller like I'm like, OK, well, at least you told me like, thanks, I guess. So it's good that they tell you kind of like on the first date when you meet them. What if they kept lying to you when you kept meeting them afterwards? Or has that ever happened? Um, No. I mean, I've dated some pretty manipulative like trash bags in my time. But I think that's kind of a a deeper, um, more intricate issue. I don't think it really has to do with dating. Like the lying of the dating pro (laughs) uh, business. As you see, I already have It's so funny that that's such a hot button for people. Mm -hmm. Because for me... um, you would think I would have a bigger problem with it because my ex-fiance was a pathological liar and I was with him for four years before I found that out. Oh my goodness. And so you would think lying was a huge hot button for me. But surprisingly, it's not. I think I kind of have that idea that everybody kind of edits themselves. Like I'm pretty much an open book, Mm -hmm. but I understand people's need to edit themselves and I'm a pretty good read I get a pretty good read on people so I can kind of tell what things they're fudging about and can evaluate it from there, like whether I want to poke the truth out of them or if I just want to be like, okay, you can say that. That's fine. I'll, sure, that's what you want me to believe. Yeah. I'll, we'll just move on from here. Yeah. But surprisingly, that's not a hot button for me. Jeez. I feel like it's still kind of a hot button for me, but like mm-hmm. the lying about the age thing, I'm like, whatever. You have yeah, like a moment like a of insecurity. Lying about her weight. Okay. Yeah. It's when people make up these like other sort of like far-fetched lies about like their careers or their lives or something that mm-hmm. just sound far-fetched to me. And I'm kind of like, okay. I'm like, there's a deeper issue here. I think that something like that would definitely yeah. kind of ring bells with me too, because those would be more on long types of lies that my ex-fiance would tell. Yeah. I got so frustrated after I realized that he was a pathological liar because... So he used to get mad at me because we would be in a group of friends and he would start telling one of these stories that I've heard him tell a million times and I would stop him and say, you're telling it wrong. And I thought it was just because, you know, he's getting mixed up or remembering it wrong. I'm not realizing it's because it's all a fabricated lie. And so then I would tell the rest of the story because I would tell it exactly the way he told it to me the first time because I have such a good memory. Like I remember these things. When I found out he was a pathological liar then, like when things would come up, I'm like, oh yeah, you know. My my ex met that person and I would stop and realize, oh, I can't tell that story anymore because in all likelihood, it's not true. Yeah. And that was a really hard thing to kind of like switch in my brain because once I had heard these things, they had logged in the files in my head and would come up when triggered 
And then I like have to like throw that entire file cabinet away and burn it and <laughs> yeah. never tell those stories again because they're probably all false. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm I'm so sorry about that. It's just but yeah, like lying like age not that much of a big deal for me. Like maybe like if it's like little little like itty bitty like sliver, it's fine. If it's something huge like what Amy experienced or like your career or even faking interest or things like that, or saying Mm. the things that you think I want to hear that, that all kind of set me off because then you're not being honest. And I'm for me personally, I'm looking for someone that I can be honest and vulnerable with and can be totally open and let down all those walls. Because I think for me, it's friendship rooted first, but then build on the attraction and, you know, desire later because I, I'm not, I'm not sexually active. I'm not that kind of person. I go for more of the romantic attraction first because I want that safe space and environment. And I feel like with online dating, it sort of like goes into troubled waters a little bit. Yeah. I think there is like definitely an issue as far as like, um, online dating. It, it's not explicit, but it does imply that you are, um, open to like sexual interest and stuff like that. So, Mm There is a little bit of um, an issue, and I mean, we almost like touched on this earlier, but the way that we approach consent in dating culture right now is tricky as fuck. And Mm -hmm. just on the side of like, I've been dating both older guys and guys my age and even guys younger than me. um, The guys my age and the guys younger than me are super, super careful about it, almost to the point where I can't get them to make a move on me. And I have to be like very explicit about what I want. Um, And then the older guys are just like very aggressive. And I'm like, you need to slow down and also ask me questions. Interesting. I thought it would have, well, actually no. Because I was going to say, I thought it would be the other way around, but I've had that, I've had some moments where there'd be older guys that would be very aggressive. And yeah. It's a generational divide. And our, like our age group, like that, especially like millennials and I guess younger now, um, are just more aware of it because like this is sort of like a cultural like wave that's been happening where the where the um the issue of consent is just like more prevalent and we're actually talking about it mm-hmm. but i just feel like the older generation is still just kind of like stuck in their ways and it's like <laughs> Uh, you know, it's a little, it's a little, it's tricky out there, man. Yeah. It feels like that, especially now in today's age in society, as you were saying, we're more aware of what we say. So we have to be more aware of like what we're addressing and what we're talking about and kind of, you know, be careful of those treaded waters, like slightly off topic. Like there were a couple of times, have you seen like where there's been a scandal where a director, like there's a controversy. And then I think it was like the director of the, uh, guardians of the galaxy, Yep. They pulled up racist tweets from like three, four years ago, and then he ended up getting like fired and he's no longer like working now. Right yeah. now they're trying to get the governor of Virginia to resign because he was in a racist photo from 1984. <sighs> like we're talking 30, you know, 35 years ago. Yeah. Again, 35 like, years ago. Like, so, I mean, it's good that now we are talking about a lot of these issues, but we're also seeing... I think the reason we're seeing these younger guys not knowing how to ask for consent, knowing mm-hmm. they need to ask for consent, but not knowing how to yeah. is because it's also gotten so extreme. Yeah. Like it's great yeah. that we talk about these issues, but then it starts to create a culture where nobody knows what to do at all. 
Exactly. Yeah. And then some things are pinned on things, like you said, like over like maybe like 30 years ago or just like four years ago when people have could have completely changed and like, exactly. Years. So it's just I, like, you know, no one's the same person they mm-hmm. were five years ago, let alone 30 years yeah, ago. No, I'm not for sure. I definitely see a difference between me now and like when I was 13, like stark difference. So I've already said before that like I tried the online dating thing and I hated it, hated it, hated it. And I'm like never going back to online dating. Mm -hmm. I do pretty okay in the real world. And so that's why this year my goal is to just go to more events and meet more people just to expose myself more. Mm -hmm. Um, I did almost go back onto online dating a couple of months ago. So I was on a set and another producer was talking to me. He's like, oh, you really need to get on Raya. So Raya is the celebrity dating Oh, I've heard of that. And for people who work in the industry. And you have to be vetted and it takes a while to be approved. Um, But if you know people who are on Raya, it's a little bit easier. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I will try this because it's more of an exclusive club. You have to pay for it. I have to be vetted. The people on there have to be vetted. And so I went on. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try dating online again. And Raya's only for iPhone users. (laughs) And I called Leota and I was like, this is a sign. I don't need to do online dating. She's like, whatever you want to tell yourself so you can sleep at night. So you sleep at night. Yeah. (laughs) So Raya, if you're listening, please make it available for Android as well. (laughs) Amy needs it, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, no, with me, um, I think like I like because of how little experience I've had dating wise, I should have more courage or more balls per se to maybe venture into the online dating or that kind of thing. But I think also the stigma that I have is that I love human interaction. I like kind of the face to face because then you get to know who the person is firsthand. Like a lot of my crushes, I've met them first face to face. And then when, you know, when we weren't around, uh, I, we would, um, talk like via text or social media, like, okay, so this is, I'll try to make this story short. So one of my big crushes, or I think from one of the first people I really fell in love with, was back in around like two, like when I was a junior in college. I had finished a study abroad program in LA, and I was staying for the summer for a job. And I decided to go to Disneyland by myself because I had the tickets and why not. So I went in. I did California Adventure in about four hours. Single rider line always helps. <laughs> so then I went to Disneyland, and I was on the Indiana Jones single rider line. And there was a guy in front of me that I met and we actually struck up a conversation and we ended up riding the ride together and having fun. And afterwards we walked out. I was like, okay, what's next? And we spent the whole day together, like literally from 12 to 8 or 9 p.m. at night, the entire day together. Just so you know, he did have a girlfriend at the time, so it was a little... Ooh, that just ruined the meet cute. However, however, a couple months later afterwards, we still, we had our phone number, so we swapped and we texted almost every day, and then he and his girlfriend broke up. So Hmm. then at that point, that was when we texted a lot more, and I was like, oh, I'm starting to feel things for this guy. And and I think now looking back when I realized I really loved this guy was when I actually drove up from Connecticut for the winter holiday to Massachusetts where he lived and spent the day, spent the day with him. I actually met his family. Then we went from his small town in Massachusetts to Boston and spent the day at an aquarium then watching a documentary movie and then having dinner again. He never made a move or anything like that, but we spent all that time together. And then I spent the night at his parents' house and his parents actually was very nice. And they gave me a shirt 
So yeah, even though uh, a majority of our relationship was through text and through messages, because I met him first and got to know who he was in like those 12 hours we spent together, I felt very comfortable with texting a lot of like stuff back and forth of like sending in videos and like sharing jokes and things like that. And I felt very, very connected to him because I had that first experience, you know, uh, face to face. Yeah. I mean, that just brings me back to kind of like, you got to go out and meet the people first. You can't just, um, like, have a fun text conversation with them for days. I mean, honestly, I will stop talking to a guy if he's texted me or been messaging me for more than, like, I want to say two or three days. If he's been messaging me for that long and hasn't asked me out yet, I will just stop responding because I'm like, this is a waste of both of our time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And now I'm looking back to there's been, like, once or twice where I I did meet a guy. They were were face-to-face, but I did meet a guy, and then he texted me afterwards, and he was saying, do you want to – meet up but the thing was it was a mixture of fear and it like the timing was wrong so I kind of blew it off and then it didn't happen but at the same time kind of looking back now I was like yeah it probably wouldn't have happened with that guy but (laughs) I'm a complicated mess let's be honest (laughs) trust your instincts you know yeah exactly (laughs) I think one of the biggest things that holds me back from dating now um is I'm worried about the um the sexual aspect of dating because I used to be, you know, very comfortable with that aspect. But since I quit drinking two years ago, it feels weird going on new dates and knowing that if I want to take it to the next step, I have to do it sober. And the funny thing is, is Mm. I don't think I ever had that hang up when I was more sexually active in my dating life. Like, I don't think I was always, you know, plastered when I hooked up with somebody. But I think it was that, like, if I needed a little bit of liquid courage, I could have it. And now I have to go into it fully, eyes open and making these decisions. And that makes me very nervous. I'm approaching dating right now from a very different place of I want something real. And I had been doing dating as more of a casual thing for a really long time. Um, and my last relationship was not on purpose. I fucked myself into that relationship, um, quite literally. So I have not ever had the experience up until now of setting boundaries with people of like, I don't want to have sex with you until I know I like you until I know I really want to spend time with you on a deeper level. And so making that clear when doing online dating is a really difficult like system of navigation. And I haven't really figured it out yet um, of how to explain that to people and how to explain to people that I need to feel safe and comfortable with them before I can go to the next level. Um, Because in the past it wasn't a big deal. I already, I'm very comfortable with my sexuality. And if I knew that I wanted to hook up with someone, I just did it. And that's how I feel too, is I was always so comfortable with that. So it's like every time I would have a massive breakup after that, when I would start dating again, all of a sudden the numbers of who I had slept with in my life would double. Um, And it was no big deal to me. But now um, I have a lot of fear around that. Yeah. I'm just, and I'm just not a hookup person in general. Like I can, I can understand the temptation and appeal. And there's been times when I felt it, but at the same time, I don't, I've never acted on it because I've always thought about like the little like voice in my head saying, but what about this? And what if like they want to continue it? Or what if they say it's really bad and you could, you could 
fuck up the relationship. There was a, not to quote a cheesy movie, but to all the boys I've loved before uh, on Netflix. Oh, that movie was so good. I enjoyed it. Oh, no, it's great. There's a quote that uh, Laura says about when it comes, like, reading and writing and fantasizing about it's great, but when it's real, it's scary. And the reason it's scary for her is because the more people you let in your life, the easier that they can just walk right out of it when it doesn't work. And that hit me hard. I was just like, dang, why? (laughs) I relate to this so much because I think that is a general fear that to kind of pick and choose who I love in that regard, like if it doesn't work out, then they will be out of my life and they won't be involved. And, you know, it just... But they'll change your life for better or for worse. That's all about the experiences or who are what make us who we are. No, it's it is very true, and I do have to be thankful for those like crushes or those loves that I have because they did change a lot. But at the same time, it's it's just still very scary. It's still very scary. It's very new topic for me, and it's not not scary for anyone else. Like that is totally normal. We're all scared shitless of the way that other people can affect us. And when you're dating and when you're trying to let people into your life, you're automatically opening yourself up to be hurt. And that's why it's so scary. Um, And that is for me personally, that's why it's so scary for me to be approaching dating from a more serious perspective. Even if it's not going to be a super serious relationship, I'm still asking people like, hey, I want you to be a part of my life. We're not just having sex we're not just doing the hookup thing. And because I've been doing that for so long, like insisting on things being casual, even if they eventually turned into something not casual, it's like it was like an easy out for me. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so now I don't have the out anymore. I don't have the out to be like, well, I don't care about this at all. You know, I, <laughs> I, I said that I wanted things to be casual and they're casual. So I don't have that out anymore. And so it opens things up to it's a little scarier and more dangerous. Well, I think we've covered a lot of ground today, not just in online dating, but just the dating landscape in general and what our, what our general anxieties are or experiences and that everybody has, it is kind of a universal experience having this fear of opening yourself up to, to another human being and getting hurt. Mm -hmm. And that can hold a lot of us back from taking chances. Yeah. So, um, if you had one piece of advice for me and Chelsea, what would it be? It's a numbers game, baby. <laughs> fair enough. Fair, fair enough. Fair okay. enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, on that note, how about we move on to a little bit more of a funnier section? Um, so Leota, if you're not aware, Amy and I do this thing where we, um, we have a segment called hashtag hunt. So basically whatever the title of the episode is, we put that hashtag onto like Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, wherever, or reach out to our followers who are listening. If you ever have any suggestions or comments that you want to give to us, basically just give us the hashtag of the name of the episode that we're doing at life goals pod on both Facebook and Twitter, capital P O D at the end. So for this, it's can't get a date. And Amy had to do the searching this time because I was doing a lot of the research and You found some interesting ones, didn't you? I did. I did. Now, there were a lot of themes that I found that I did not include in our hashtag hunt results. So hashtag can't get a date. For some reason, it pulled up a lot of sports-related stuff, like a lot of football-related. I I, I, must be some... (laughs) 
you know, inside joke amongst the sports community. I don't know. I mean, when things pulled up that were workout related, like, oh, it's Friday night and I'm at the gym, can't hashtag can't get a date. Those ones made sense to me. But there was a lot of weird sports ones that um, I felt like I would have had to do too much research to find out what it meant. And it still wouldn't have been applicable to our discussion. I mean, being part of a family that is in the sports industry, when you are involved in the sports industry, it takes up a lot of your time, whether you're presenting or whether you're building up. Yeah, it wasn't that. It was something. Okay, never it mind was, then. Yeah, it was very strange. I'll send you some of the tweets so you okay, can see. Okay, so some sort of well, inside joke we're not aware of. Any sort right. of sports interest for me is like an automatic swipe left. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I unfortunately am not the biggest fan of sports. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But right. I mean, I'll maybe watch a game with you once or twice, but I'm just like, it's it's not part and of my I thing. And I also excluded there was a lot of like prom and homecoming tweets, hashtag can't get a date. But, you know, as much as that's a very real part of any teenager's life, that's not the kind of dating and relationships we're talking about at this stage of our life. <laughs> so I didn't include that. Okay. First one, my Tinder date stood me up. Hashtag stood up again. Hashtag can't get a date. Hashtag swipe left. No date. No, not today. A lot of hashtags and I'm not surprised. And it had this adorable (laughs) video of a dog at the park outside Le Arc de Triomphe in Paris. And it was just the dog looking around. No okay, you did not there. tell me that regarding that hashtag. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is this was the one post that showed up on every site I checked. Really? Yeah. It's because there's a dog. Yeah, right? the dog. I mean, dog. it was on Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> so, my goodness, so repetitive. <laughs> Gonna be my own date to a wedding. Hashtag can't get a date. We've all been there. Yep. Yeah, remember that tweet about finding a girl from a few days ago? I've given up already. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag single forever. Can't get a date. Oh, well. (laughs) Hashtag can't date you if is trending every other day. It should be hashtag can't get a date because I'm so damn critical. (laughs) What about so can't get so can't Can't date date you if. So it's a person who has a lot of deal breakers. Can't date you if. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't date you if. And she's like, actually, it should be can't get a date because I'm so critical. Dude, (laughs) I I hate it. There's so many guys' profiles that are like swipe left if. And it's the same thing. Oh. And I'm just like, and I do swipe left because I'm like, you know what? If you already got a problem, I'm like, I don't want your fucking negativity. Get out of here. I know. They can't get you if it's like, just that. like setting all that stuff up. It's just like, ugh. And then just can't get a date. You're just being honest and be like, yep. Yeah. Exactly. I'm like, who are you to have some, any to tell sort of me. requirement? Like you're trash. Like who, I mean, yeah, we could have like standards, but who are you to tell me you need to have all of these yeah. things in order for me to even talk yeah, to you? Yeah, it didn't work out for Ross too well when Bye. he made the list of pros and cons to date Rachel. Mm. No. Mm. <laughs> oh, friends. I always have protection. Just sucks because I never get the chance to even use it. <laughs> At least, at least that person's prepared. Who's carrying around like a backpack full of Trojans. Like, can I? No? Okay. I'll never forget cool. in high school, my best friend and I had just gone to Planned Parenthood and gotten, you know, the the bag of free condoms that they give you. They give you like a brown paper lunch bag. It's filled with like 40 Trojans. Yum. And my friend, ah! had, and my friend had left his bag in my car and I didn't even realize it. 
I get up for school and I'm rushing to get out the door and my dad's pulling up in my car as I go out in the garage and he's like, oh, honey, I took your car to go get gas in it. And he walks, I get in the car and he walks around to the passenger side, opens the door, grabs the paper bag and lifts out a whole string of condoms. He's like, since you have plenty, I'm going to take some. As my mom (laughs) is coming into the garage, this is how my parents found out I was sexually active. And I was just like, Okay, gotta go. Bye. In the brown paper bag, too. It's like, I, what's for lunch, honey? Dish? <laughs> I rushed off to school, but I definitely had to have an uncomfortable conversation with my mother when I got home. Oh, jeez. Oh, Moving man. on. Oh, man. Big tip to get published. Embrace rejection. Would have been a great tip for me in high school. Hashtag can't get a date. <laughs> yep, that's just that's just all, all around, honey. That's just right. Be prepared it. for rejection. That works in the acting world. It oh, works yeah. in anything that you have to apply to be in it. Exactly. You can be ready to be rejected. Exactly. Even a relationship. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean I feel like a lot of people when I'm complaining about dating think that I don't have to deal with rejection. Because I'm like a, a hot girl or something. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I get rejected all of the time. Like, what are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's something that we all go through. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. And, the th- and the what sucks about it is rejection always feeds into our own insecurities because we don't think about the fact that everybody goes through this. Yeah. We instead think about what's wrong with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I swear, for some reason, I drive guys away. What is wrong with me? Hashtag can't get a date. I think we all feel like that sometimes. That's Maybe what she's I asked just myself. like a Lyft driver. <laughs> driving him away. Oh, Yoda. (laughs) Today, when the dentist asked me how often I floss, I told her only when I have dates. So never. (laughs) Girl, take care of your teeth though. Yeah, all that plaque build up, just like get in between. Yeah. Water flosser maybe? Yeah, exactly. And even if you do floss in those days, you still don't get everything out. So it's still going to be not great. You gotta, you guys floss twice daily. When someone asks why I'm still single, I don't know. I thought I was pretty awesome. <laughs> That's how I feel. I'm always like, um, I'm literally so great. Why doesn't anyone want it though? No, I, I go opposite because I, I just, because I have a lot of inner demons, I always am like very, when I get into those moods, I I self-deprecate myself and mm. like say all the things of why someone doesn't want to date me. So I'm just very, <laughs> I'm very pessimistic with no, myself. I go, that. I go on like a lot of rants about like how like smart and like charming and funny. And then like, also I'm hot and I'm like, just why don't they want it? <laughs> I, mean, I don't get it. I mean, you're all those things for sure. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I just That's think great. that it's like point blank dating's hard for everyone. Like it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah. You know? Puppy couples getting married, and I can't even get a text back. And there's a nice picture of uh, two puppies dressed in a bride and groom dress. Oh, my goodness. That is cute and sad at the same time. It's better than those, like, all of, like, the Instagram engagements happening on my Instagram feed right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I went through that <laughs> yeah. at your age I get well. that on Facebook a it's lot. It's so miserable. Oh, true. But then I'm like... I'm past that now. Now yeah. it's just pictures of their kids who are all four and five years old. Ooh. Oh, mm-hmm. God. So yeah. it's well, a little easier for me to watch now. <laughs> I always console myself by going, like, well, it'll be on my first marriage. They'll be on their second divorce. <laughs> <gasps> me. Oh. Why is everyone together and I don't have a boyfriend or girl? Girlfriend. Also me. Declines every date. Takes three to five business days to reply to messages. Never smiles and cannot parallel park. 
I say I'm all that except the last two. <laughs> I do smile a lot and I know how to parallel park, but yeah, my stigma is my default's just to be like, nah, I don't have time. Bye. And I just run away in the opposite direction. Yep. <laughs> I found out why I'm still single. Apparently you have to go outside and let people see you. <laughs> mm. Mm, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> I swear I'm the girl version of the real life good luck Chuck. Every guy I date ends up marrying the next girl he's with. <laughs> Oh my god. It's my worst nightmare. Right? Yeah. I mean my exes always date people like right after we have broken up and it's it's the worst thing ever. Oh, I was just telling Chelsea, I've definitely been in a lot of relationships where we break up because the guy is not ready for the level of relationship that I want and then right after that he'll end up dating somebody and getting into that series of relationship and then come to me and go, "I don't know what to do. I fucked it up last time. Like, tell me what to do to not screw this one up." And oh. I'm like, I hate you so much right now. Yeah. 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 I feel like with me, it's like I've, I've had that almost exact experience where the people that I really, really liked or loved, they fell in love with somebody else. So it's just like, gosh, darn it. <laughs> Why? Yeah. All right. Next one is the woman who is in a relationship with Jake, a hi-fi system. <laughs> It's like Jake the Hi-Fi is in our single relationship and I'm single. Fuck my life. It's not really surprising that I can't get a date when I spend so much time in a gay bar singing karaoke. In fairness, it's a fabulous bar and I love these boys. <laughs> but yeah, if you're going to a gay bar and you're a straight person, you're not going to end up meeting a date there. I mean, I've That sounds I've ideal to me. <laughs> I have managed to get like sexually harassed at at a gay bar really? by a straight man ooh, or ooh. who I don't know, sexuality spectrum guys. But like yeah. whatever he was interested in, it was too much of me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Remember that guy who you turned down for a date because he was too nice or not your type? Yeah, he would have got you flowers for Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Mm. But, but like, that hurts a little bit. Because <laughs> I've just been both the victim and the heartbreaker. I've never been one or the other. I've just been like both. So it's mm. uh, Sorry. This one, someone asked Siri, will you be my Valentine? And this is Siri's response. Aw, that's sweet, Jess, but I uh, already um, have plans. Yeah, I have plans. <laughs> so Siri is a serious asshole, man. Shit, it's a droid, isn't it? You whore! Oh, that was the person's gosh. response to Siri. Ooh. <laughs> a lot of anger in there when yeah, you're just talking to some AI. Yeah, it's an anger AI. There. <laughs> I mean, an AI, unless you program it really, really well, how are they supposed to love you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Let's program everyone really, really well to love us. And someone took a picture of a sign from Manhattan Mini Storage that says, Dear Action Figure Collection, we're really glad you've come to stay with us. Now maybe your owner can get a date. (laughs) (laughs) And we have one more that came from our Facebook feed. Oh, yeah. This is actually um, somebody that I went to class with. And this is like a very uplifting message. It's fairly long, but bear with this because it's got a very good... There's a lot of good nuggets in here, so I think this is a nice note to end. Can't Mm -hmm. get a date on. In my experience, events work best, but it really depends on the kind of person you are. Wherever and however you meet that special someone should reflect something about you and your passions and interests. I would not recommend going someplace that ordinarily would not interest you for the sake of finding someone. That place that you meet someone serves as a kind of filter. The more specific, the better. 
which is why I favor events and activities over work or friends of friends. Both work and friends of friends don't usually tell you enough about that person unless you are in a specific kind of job or in a specific friend group that regularly goes to activities they all enjoy together. And as for meeting someone at a church or any other religious institution, religion should be very important to you, or at least be someplace you go routinely already. Lastly, online can be hit or miss. Cast your net wide and be selective with your little fishies because many are poisonous. Despite all of this, though, strange things can and do happen. The love of your life can come from anywhere, but it is when we aren't actively looking. Until then, though, do what you love. Do what you enjoy. Reach deep in yourself and find out what is most important to you. Go there, and before you know it, someone will be there to share it with you. Have a happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Be bold, little fishies. Aww, yay! Cute. I felt that kind of summed up, you know, a lot of the discussion about the pluses and minuses of all the different ways to date. Yeah, it definitely did. If you really just focus on being you and going and doing the things that you enjoy, you will meet other people. But again, you have to open yourself up to it. Cast a wide net. Yep. yep. And then be selective. So yeah, thank you yep. so much for true, that. True, true. True. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Well, Leota, it was amazing having you here with us today. Thank you yeah. so much for coming in and sharing you. your experiences with us. Yes. So um, I hope that you enjoyed coming on the podcast today. And uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, on Instagram at Leota Live, L-E-O-T-A-L-I-V-E. You guys heard it straight from Leota's lips. Then before you go, Leota, mm. we're going to have you be a part of one of our last sections, which is the challenges. So each week, Amy and I have been trying to give each other a challenge to do that's related to our life goals or something that we generally want to do to kind of have a better, healthier lifestyle and, you know, go for our dreams. We normally give it to each other, but since you're here, we want to turn the tables on you. We want you to give each of us a goal for us to do for the, until the next time that we record our next episode. And if we don't do it, then each of us have to assign each other a movie to watch related to our life goals or what we want to do, you know, career-wise. So what challenge do you want to give to Amy? What challenge do you want to give to me? It's up to you. Ooh, okay. I know what challenge I want to give to you. Oh, God. I'm scared. <laughs> My challenge to you is to do the scheduling thing that I was talking about with online dating. I would say set yourself a goal right? Hashtag life goals of any, it could be anything like something simple, like I'm going to message three people on a dating app, or I'm going to go on at least one date this week and just do that goal. Okay. 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 Um, and you, and you, mom, you, (laughs) you're freaking out. You, you, which, which, which app do you recommend? I like, I like Bumble, but I think Hinge might also work for you. I think it's a a personal choice. Okay. Maybe do, do a little research, get on one or two and see which one you like better. Okay. I I, I will suck it up and I will try. I will try. Three, (laughs) three people. Message three people. God. Okay. 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 I'll, I'll pinky promise. Pinky promise. Pinky promise. God. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. That's Amy. Amy. Go to Amy. Hmm. Okay. All right. You're a busy lady. But I'm going to say go do like one activity that you think you're going to enjoy doing. Maybe something that's a little new to you that you think you might be able to meet someone at. Okay. I think that's a fair, 
Yeah. That's a fair um, goal for me. Um, Why couldn't okay. I get that goal? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go on, Amy. <laughs> because right now for me, it's complicated. So uh, the idea is yeah. just for me to be able to mm-hmm. be meeting more people. So yeah, um, with, not sharing... without the pressure of actually having to go on a date right, or like right. having to, you know, we're not sharing my actual current dating status right yeah. now mm-hmm. on the show. So this is a good goal that effectively helps me break through some of the boundary issues that I'm having without committing me to a date with somebody. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, all right. All right. I will definitely do that. And uh, maybe you and I can talk offline some good ideas of activities. Hell yeah. Yeah. I might need to uh, ask you for advice for setting up the profile. <laughs> oh my 30% God, yes. of people ask for their friends to help. That is true. That was part yes. of our statistics. So, yep, yep. yeah. So I might, I might, need that help just Just screenshot screenshot that shit to us i will and i will be open and honest i will not lie about my age height or weight or my career i I don't think you need to where the ladies don't gotta do that (laughs) (laughs) really okay okay so speaking of challenges um we need to pay off our challenge from last episode yes Um, my challenge was to do ballet bar every day or at least five out of seven days. Mm-hmm. Um, this was kind of combined with our overstimulation yeah. goals. And your challenge, Chelsea, was to do guitar for half an hour every day. Yeah, it was to do a guitar half an hour every day to kind of, you know, again with overstimulation, de-stress and sort of get back into music, which I love. But So I'll be honest, it's been 10 days since we recorded and I only worked out five of the 10 days. So I did not meet my five out of seven or seven out of 10 goal. And I am on the same boat that I did not meet that goal as well. There were times when for some reason my brain was just, it went more to video games as my mm-hmm. de-stressor. Cause sometimes I feel like I need to be in a mood to feel, to do some sort of thing. But I think because video games have been on my mind more and doing them more and having them more in my routine, that was more my thing to do rather than guitar. So. Yeah. And you know, with the tax season, I had some days where I was really busy. One night I was really good and I was like, I didn't work out yet. So I'm going to end the day with at least doing some stretching. Mm-hmm. But I unfortunately did not do that often enough. So I think I've made some progress in getting back into my workout routine, but not enough to get out of a challenge payoff. Yeah. So it would be like half or would it be one full for each? What do you think? I don't think it matters. I, I mean, know you're right. we're, we can't watch half a movie. So. Yeah. <laughs> Very, very true. So Chelsea and I were discussing that maybe since it is the month of love, dating, and relationships, we'd assign each other um, a romance to watch that yeah. has greatly influenced us. A, a romance in a way, yes. So uh, for Amy, my movie I'm going to recommend to you is a movie called Keith. Okay. Um, it is actually, um, before there's any stigma, it does star Jesse McCartney, but to his credit... He both sang and acted along for a long time. So this was a movie that he did, I believe. It's all right. I love lots of movies with Andrew Keegan in it. And you don't know who Andrew Keegan is because that, that sounds, was a teen heart. Sounds very, me. very familiar. I will say that. But yeah, Jesse McCartney, uh, this movie uh, called Keith was done around 2008. It revolves around uh, a very popular athletic girl that is, you know, working for a tennis scholarship and this sort of like slacker of a guy that's just highly intelligent named Keith. And he ends up convincing his um, chemistry teacher to partner up with, with her. And so they go on a bunch of shenanigans together. He kind of drags her all over the place and sort of makes her do these kind of crazy things spur of the moment, you know, live life in the moment a little bit. And so it kind of 
And why is this movie important to you? Well, when I first watched it, um, I did not realize that it was an adaptation from a short story, an actual short story uh, called Keith as well. So then after I watched the movie and I found out it was based on a short story, I found it and ended up printing it and reading it. And I think what I really love about the message of kind of the story in the movie of how love and relationships can happen in un- unexpected ways with how, you know, he might have started it as sort of a shenanigan, but then it turned into something more real and something more serious. And it comes with a lot of complications of statuses and kind of like relationships and desires and goals and what you want in life. And so now I also have that um, short story postered on my uh, bulletin board above my desk because I loved it so much reading it after watching the movie as well because I love them both equally as different forms as a story on paper and then made into a movie. Okay, it, sounds great. Yeah, it may not be the best, but I particularly love it, and I well, it the, pulls my heartstrings a the lot. The movie that I'm going to assign you is definitely not the best movie. The acting's not the best. It's yep. not filmed the best way, but it was a really meaningful movie for me. Mm-hmm. The movie is called Down to You. Down to You, okay. It stars Freddie Prince Jr. and Julia Stiles. Interesting, okay. And it's about that first that first major love. They fall in love in college. And this takes you through their entire relationship from meeting, through dating, through the ups and downs, uh, through the breakup. Mm-hmm. And you're hearing them tell the stories as um, from the future. So they're thinking back on that first major love of their life. And you're following along in the story. And for me... Because it takes you through the whole breakup, the story kind of comes full circle. And in a lot of ways, it was nothing was overdone, nothing was over dramatic. Like it didn't have those movie fall in love moments. It okay. was very realistic and right. natural. And for me, it was like, this is what love should be like. And this is what heartbreak feels like. With, and it wasn't over dramatized. So right. I'm excited to hear what you think about it. But um, mm-hmm. Selma, um, uh, Selma Blair is also in it and okay. uh, Sean Haggerty is in it. So I really enjoyed the movie. The soundtrack is incredible. Um, Henry Winkler's in it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just naming all the names. Of right, all the right. So you'll involved. be surprised at how many people are in this movie that yeah. you've never heard of. Yeah. And then uh, and the, the name one more time because I was imagining the story and all that stuff. I was really wrapped up in it. So what was the name again? Down to You. Down to You. I was thinking Down to Sky. I was like, well, there's no sky. <laughs> so Down to You for me and then the movie Keith for you. Sounds great. Yeah. I actually have it on iTunes. So if you, if we ever want to do like a watch together, like well, you're we going to be out of time. town. Oh, wait, that's right. Yeah. I will be out of town yeah. relatively soon. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. We can talk all about it when we get back. That is true. Because next episode is going to be hashtag relationship goals. Oh, yes. So we're going to revisit our relationship goals that we discussed in episode one mm-hmm. and kind of dive in a little deeper about what we want in a relationship. Exactly. And then maybe talk about if we find the good research regarding uh, differences of relationship goals, maybe back then as compared to now. Right. Are people's priorities the same? Are they different? Yeah. How have the statistics skewed? Exactly. And then everybody don't forget the end of this month is going to be hashtag breakups. We want to hear <sighs> your breakup stories. The ones that may have sucked at the time, but in retrospect, you can laugh about it. Please tweet us, direct message us at Life Goals Pod on 
on Twitter and Facebook. Yes, just let me know that I am not alone in that regard. <laughs> oh, trust but, me, I've got some doozies for you too. Oh, uh, I'm excited to hear it. So yeah, that's all for uh, today. Thanks so much for listening and hope you're all having a fabulous morning, afternoon, night. Don't know when you're listening, but hope it's a good day otherwise. Thanks so much. And join us next time for Hashtag Life Goals. Bye, guys. Bye.